I'm Ella Maya Tailfeathers, and you're listening to part two of Smokestack Sandra, a series brought to you by the First Nations Health Authority. In part one, you met Sandra Tiji. Sandra's the deputy chief of Takla Lake First Nation. She wants to help young First Nations people avoid smoking. She's been a heavy smoker herself for almost 30 years, and she really wants to quit. So she's given herself an ambitious goal. Thinking of born on the 4th of July, I'd like to look at being reborn on the 4th of July with the context of no smoking in my life. Yeah, so it's kind of optimistic, but I want to have a smoke-free summer. All along, when you look in the mirror, you just say to yourself, well, I've been waiting for you to be smoke-free for a long time. And here it is. Can we can we talk about Cyril for a bit? This is Sam, one of our producers. When did you guys first get together? We got together geez, June twenty sixth is our anniversary fourteen years ago. Do you remember what you saw in him back then? A sensitivity, intelligence, depth, stubborn. I like the fact that he wrote, he read, wherever we are, we're at home together. Um, He can look right through me. What's your full name? Cyril Dean Gregg. I'm from um, Fort St. James. Our res there is Nakasley. I live uh, five kilometers north of Fort. When did you meet Sandra? I knew her since we were children, really. Grandma and Grandpa had a home across the street from her parents. She's got an excellent sense of humor. Oh, goodness. I, I don't know. I, don't, I want to say the right thing, and I don't want to say... I don't want to appear glib. Um, she just cares, and she's determined, and sometimes that determination comes across as a stubbornness, and she is stubborn. Sandra and I, I, I don't know if she let you know, but we were drunk buddies. We drank, we drank, we drank. We drank. Uh, we functioned, but we drank. We were just party buddies, and a part of that was um, sharing our cigarettes together. Residential school affected everyone. Uh, our family fell apart early. I was moved around, family, friends, foster homes. I got to see my siblings, my mom, Occasionally, but not for long and not often. When you're a kid and life falls apart no, and nobody explains it to you, you, what do you make of it? We went crazy. Getting drunk 10, 11, 12. It didn't improve for a long time. We just kept at it. it got worse. At some point, you you said to, to Cyril, I want to stop drinking. Yes. What brought you there? It was something that I always knew didn't jive with me spiritually. It wasn't making me happy. Sandra started smartening up first. I followed later. Uh, I, it wasn't quick, but it, w- it was after she made her decisions. Do you have that stuff in check now, the drinking and everything? Yeah, no. But it's nothing like it was 
It's not full on. I mean, how many, how many damn cases of beer do you want to drink? How many can you? After a while, drinking is, it's drudgery. It's work. What do you think the difference is now where you, you have some control over it versus before? Just having aged. You see more, you realize more, you realize, don't spin your wheels. You know, I don't know, like, some of it you like to think is you learned a few things. Many will say otherwise, but, you know, you learn. Oh, I, I, I pray that he, he quits uh, his occasional drinking. I pray that he follows along with my uh, um, not smoking cigarettes because it's harmful. And we're, our best friends are Margot and Larry, and Larry's struggling with cancer and emphysema, which is a hard thing for Cyril. I know that it hurts him. Um, I know that Cyril um, sees the value in, in quitting smoking and sees the value in um, all of these toxic behaviors. Sandra's in a grocery store. She's picking up nicotine replacement gum. She plans to chew her first piece July 4th. So I filled my prescription and purchased some other things here at the Shoppers Food Mart and told William at Shoppers Food Mart, quitting smoking. What do you have to say to the people about quitting smoking? It's healthy. I still smoke from occasion, but it's still healthier to quit. So anyways, I'm heading out of here and thank you, see you, William. Yeah, have a good day. Yep. It does feel like a a little bit of a stepping stone to get the prescription filled and and now that I'm talking about quitting smoking I want to have a cigarette oh god a never-ending cycle July 4th is still a few weeks away in the meantime Sandra decides to cut her smoking back she only brings three cigarettes to work and one will be for the start of the meeting, one will be for drawing, and one after and after that, I'm done my quota. And when I go home, I'm not even going to go out to the balcony and smoke. One of the challenges is that when someone's cutting down their cigarettes, they actually unconsciously compensate. This is Lindsay so McDonald. She works at Vancouver Coastal Health, where she helps people quit smoking. Lindsay says the gum is usually more effective than weaning. So if you're used to smoking 10 a day and you cut down to 7, you actually will smoke your cigarettes more efficiently to get more nicotine. Nobody wants to be in withdrawal. So unconsciously, your body's saying, you need more nicotine, smoke on the cigarette harder, take more puffs. Lots of people try to wean themselves off cigarettes, but even more people try to quit cold turkey. So it is the most common way of pe for people to stop smoking and unfortunately the least effective. So if 100 people were quitting cold turkey, only three to five of them would be successful in a year. So 95 to 97% will relapse within the year. But Lindsay says that the patch, gum, and other nicotine replacement therapies can help. That's because they stave off painful withdrawal symptoms and they're way less addictive than cigarettes. I've never met someone who I would totally write off on being able to stop smoking. I think everyone can do it, and don't be discouraged if you're struggling or if you've relapsed. Just keep working at it.
You're listening to Smokestack Sandra. I'm Ella Maya Tailfeathers. Back in one minute. You're listening to Smokestack Sandra, brought to you by the First Nations Health Authority. I'm Ella Maya Tailfeathers. Sandra Tiji is trying to quit smoking. She's also trying to get First Nations youth to stop smoking. People like her stepson, Jordy. Jordy is 18 years old, and he says that growing up, he was always a little mischievous. Oh, where do I begin? Um, grade 9, me and my buddy Dylan decided to uh, go around town in the middle of the night and be up to mischief. We went on top of the grocery store. We released goats from uh, <laughs> the historic park. <laughs> you released goats from a park? <laughs> <laughs> My buddy Dylan, in grade 9 or 10, he bought the jarms, clove tobacco, and those are different from regular cigarettes, and uh, those were really nice. And every day after school, we'd go behind the arena and hang out and smoke a few cigarettes and just hang out. And soon, like, he got three cartons, so it was a regular kind of thing. After that, I kind of like smoking, and that's how, how I got introduced. Jordy is sitting in a recording studio. He's there with Sandra and his dad. It's really the first time the three of them have got together just to talk about smoking. Jordy, what's your favorite style of music? Is it the latest stuff, hip-hop, or is it? are you a time capsule liking the 70s? Being... Yeah, I like the old stuff from the 90s, 80s, and 70s. It varies, but... Jordy, 90s ain't old. <laughs> <laughs> so what song is your favorite song? Probably When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin. Could you sing it for me? <laughs> no, forget it. Searle, how old were you when you started smoking? I was, gee, I don't know, probably six, seven. Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Searle, what do you feel about smoking in terms of your health? Scary. I need to get away from it. I'm of the age where I can see others their health is failing because of cigarettes. Uh, we have an individual at home now who's passing. It makes you think, you know. I know it's cockeyed, it's crazy, but I don't know. I used to like smoking in the morning, like early bird, gearing up, going to work, or just killing time, having that coffee and that cigarette. It's foolish to say it, but um, those some of those feel like good memories. That being said, are you still um, struggling with cigarettes in, in terms of letting uh, your son know um, the impacts of cigarette smoking on your life? Yeah, I'm still struggling. The struggle comes from willpower, I think. And as regarding Jordy, the son, it would be nice if he did not smoke. When Jordy first asked me to buy him cigars, those cigars the young guys like, um, it was odd. But I did, because I thought, well, he's going to do it anyway. But it bothered me. You can't see your kid. He's 15, 16, 17, and he's lighting a cigarette, and, he, and you're thinking, uh, you're not upset with him. You're just saying, that's not right. Jordy, remember the story of little Willie um, catching you and... Your dad's sneaking, smoking. What could you give? Could you share us that story? <laughs> when we're uh, having a little get together at a 
at your son's? No, yours. Yeah. My dad decided to go outside, and I figured he was going to go out to have a cigarette, so I went with him. And William wanted me to stick around and play, and he didn't want me to go. And he's like, "Jordy, Jordy, where are you? Where are you going? What are you doing?" He asked his dad, "What is he doing?" He's like, "He's going out for a cigarette." He's like, "Why?" And he just watched me at the window. And how did? Uh, what was the feeling about that? I didn't like him knowing what I was doing. When someone's that size, that those little ones, they learn. They they look up to people, and I felt uncomfortable for him knowing that I smoked. You know, that's the thing that I want to keep to myself. And if I am gonna do that, just keep that to myself. But like he found out, and yeah, I did feel uncomfortable about him knowing that. So Jordi, what I wish for you and what I wish for all of the young people your age and and what I wish for everybody is to not be a slave to cigarettes. I think kids my age, they don't listen. They do what they want. I'm part of that sometimes too. And Jordi, normally um, I'd be the one to say, get a hell with, with cigarettes. And would you <laughs> listen? No, I wouldn't listen. So I'm doing the wrong approach. I'm not going to say that I will absolutely stop, but I want to make a more better effort into keeping it more private and keeping it my own thing with the appropriate people and have limits. And I was a smoker before, but I don't consider myself a smoker anymore. I think it's a more social thing now. And there's people that I met where they smoke and they they do it appropriately and responsibly on on their own time. So, so you say you saying? I'm not saying it's okay, but no, no, no. There's but a way to do it responsibly. Socially, it's acceptable. Is what you're saying? It's appropriate on your own time. Like I'm not okay. saying it's. No, no. I was just curious. I don't think I really talked about cigarettes like that before. Um, Were you aware of how kind of troubled smoking was making Sandra? Did I know? Nah, I thought she was just smoking, just doing her own thing. But, but now I get it, though, yeah. On June 18th, the Carrier Sakani Tribal Council holds a meeting. There's lots of leaders here, including all of the candidates for the regional chief of the BC Assembly of First Nations. Sandra uses the opportunity to ask them about their smoking. Hey, good afternoon. We're here at the chief's meeting, and um, CSTC chief's meeting, and I stumbled across uh, Vince Prince for all the way from Nagasli. First of all, when was your first smoke? I guess my first cigarette was when I was about 11 and just stolen, like most, <laughs> most <laughs> cigarettes, I guess, like from older family members, and you just take them and go try it. And uh, yeah, that was, I was probably 11 years old. So how much do you think you spent? Oh my Lord. <laughs> so I think you could have bought a vehicle, eh? Oh, I'm pretty sure I could have bought more than a vehicle. I would have had a vehicle and a camper. So, Vince, I'm going to do a challenge in my community at uh, Takla for um, getting our community smoke-free. It's a start. So, 
hopefully you're a champion in Gurulnag Asli to um, maybe start up something there or you know plant a bug in somebody's ear or to get that done so that we'll have the whole carrier nation not smoking and not making a multinational company richer than rich. Well, I hope so too because I'd sure like to try. Um, I know because I, I quit smoking and a year later it influenced my sister to quit smoking and she actually spent in one year she built herself a little trapper cabin, little 12 by 16 trapper cabin just with the money that she would have spent on cigarettes. So it's, there's always initiative. You think you don't have money for stuff? Start putting that kind of money away. You'll see real quick. Well, I'm Shane Godfitz. I'm a father of five, grandfather of one, loving husband, and I've uh, been elected chief for the last 12 years, former uh, tribal chief of our nation. I'm a, I'm a guy who's looking at creating a better quality of life for our people. Um, do you smoke? No, I don't smoke. Have and, you ever? Well, I smoked, yeah, when I was younger and, you know, parts of my life, but I truly believe that, you know, uh, you know smoking is... You know, not for this guy. I truly believe that, you know, we have one life to live. And, you know, I truly believe in uh, the tobacco is a sacred uh, instrument that we use for ceremony and offerings. And, you know, uh, being a proud Aboriginal person, being in touch with your culture is really important. So is there, in your family and in your community, how prevalent is smoking? Well, smoking is one of the major causes of death in our family related to heart disease. My dad smoked, he died of cancer um, about five years ago, coming up July is it be his fifth year anniversary. I haven't smoked since. Um, Question for you, how many smokes did you, how much did you smoke <clears> during <throat> the day? Um, I went from a pack to four sticks a day. I'm proud of you for quitting smoking and I really encourage everybody out there to follow my sister TG's <laughs> act here and quit smoking because right, right now she's choking still and uh, <laughs> got to give her my strength and I really got a lot of respect for you for taking that leadership and making it public so it takes a great deal of courage to, you know, do what you're doing. Okay, I've got... Um Douglas S. White, and Douglas, um, you're here for the BCAFN uh, candidate forum. Yes. That being said, um, do you smoke? No, not I used to, but I don't anymore. I grew up in the one of my first jobs was as a cook deckhand on tugboats, and mm -hmm. uh, so you'd, we'd spend. <laughs> I'd have a six-hour shift every night with the first mate up in the wheelhouse, and he smoked like a chimney. So I effectively started smoking when I was. 16 because of because of standing in that wheelhouse but I, I gave up smoking a very long time ago understanding the the impacts on my quality of life the sense of well-being and health and a real recognition that it's uh it's not a good choice to make at all Yeah, I'm tired and um, the desire for smoke was high up and down today. It's just so awe-inspiring to 
see our nation moving forward in terms of many of those leaders uh, living a real focused life, doing good things for their people and for, for the nation on and off reserve. That really helped me. That really elevated my uh, insight that I have the strength to, to do what is necessary to quit smoking. I know it's going to be a challenge. Thank you. And as in my mom's language, Kitson, I'm going to go wogan. I'm going to sleep. Good night. Who are you, Cheryl? I'm a grandmother. I'm a mother. I'm... I don't know what to say. So, Cheryl, do you smoke? Yes, I do. Yes, I do indeed. And um, it's funny because I I wasn't a smoker for most of my life. And uh, I took it up later in life. So, you know, it's kind of a terrible time to start. For me, it doesn't feel even like a physical addiction. It's more of a mental and emotional addiction. When I'm stressed, I'm, I find that, you know, it's kind of my friend. When uh, I fish with my father on his seine boat, um, it was sort of part of the whole culture. Yep. Somehow, every time somebody swore or I swore, you know, you reach for your cigarette. <laughs> so that's one of my triggers. Swearing and smoking. <laughs> Mine is music and smoking. My aunt was a, a beautiful woman who was very uh, tenacious and ahead of her time and um, very gracious and giving. And she actually died of lung cancer. And um, she was a heavy smoker. And she's, as a matter of fact, you know, cancer was a really prevalent thing on my dad's side of my family. That's my dad's sister. You know, and it goes on and on. Uh, my grandfather died, my grandmother died of cancer. And um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely something that even though um, I'm aware of that and how, how prevalent it is in my family, it still doesn't stop me from smoking. I think the the best advice I could give is don't start. Uh, The family has bad news. We lost one of our own, our first cousins. I feel like having a cigarette and going for a drive or something so I think I'll do that so I guess I have to go I've got a fuel up in this header mm-hmm. header to 
Go see mum. Sandra drives down to Fort St. James to be with her mom. On the drive, her thoughts turn to her father. He was the one who told Sandra that she should be a leader in Takla Lake. He was a real inspiration for her. As he grew older, he suffered from dementia. He died two years ago. It's difficult, I tell you. Sometimes when I really miss him, you know, the first thing I'd want to do is have a cigarette. Back when he was sick and when he first died, I, I needed a cigarette each time I wanted to talk to him. How is it that um, when there's a death in our community, there's a bunch of us that are huddling outside trying to cope with, you know, the loss with the cigarette? July 4th is less than a week away. That's the day Sandra plans to quit forever. Remember, she's already weaning herself off smokes. The withdrawals are starting to get to her. But we ask her to keep making lots of recordings throughout this last difficult week. So as I'm doing that, I'm killing myself with smokes. Because in some strange way, I'm controlling all of those things through cigarettes. And as I'm talking about it, I want a cigarette. I want to light up. And I know I need help. I'm getting even frustrated now trying to shut this thing off. Hello, Sandra. Hi, Gordon. I can't even shut this damn thing off. How do you power off? It's the right switch on the side where it says power. Just this thing has made me more wanting to quit smoking. Not quitting smoking. Like I want to fucking just smoke. It's just so frustrating to use this thing. I'm just feeling a little bit overwhelmed and then, you know, here you're doing a multitude of things and everybody around you is not understanding what you're going through. So I'm going through this podcast, the band stuff, my family stuff. I'm trying to get healthy. I'm trying to do this smoke thing so so that other youths don't get caught in it. Where am I in all of this? It's July 4th. The sun goes down and the fireworks go off. Sandra smokes another cigarette. The gum is still sitting in her purse, unopened. She wanted these fireworks to celebrate her rebirth as a non-smoker. But now they just seem like they're taunting her. You know, I, I really felt down and it took a long time to get up in terms of with this project. And I'm like, oh, born on the 4th of July just came and went. Oh, good news, sir. Jordy. What? He went up to his mom after he came back from the trip from Vancouver. 
and he gave her his lighter. He gives his mom his lighter. He goes, I have no more use for this. He says, I said, I don't want smoking a part of my life. <laughs> Good news. Thank you for listening to part two of Smokestack Sandra, a series brought to you by the First Nations Health Authority. This is not the end of Sandra's story. You can check out part three right now. Just go to fnha.ca slash smokestack. If you're a smoker and you'd like to get help quitting, please visit quitnow.ca, where you'll find lots of free resources. Quitnow also offers free phone counseling 24 hours a day, seven days a week. My name is Ella Maya Tailfeathers. Special thanks to everyone else who made this program possible. Thanks for listening.